Let's say, if we could, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for this time of our worship that we're here together, Father. Father, we thank you for the good music, Father, that we've been able to be blessed with this morning, for our Sunday school lesson, for our time of strengthening our, our spirit, Father, in you, Father. And uh, Father, I pray that you uh, be with me this morning as I uh, declare your word, Father, that it not be my words, but it be your words that be spoken here this morning. And um, I thank you for all that you do each and every day. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to just be used by you in some small little way that hopefully would um, be of encouragement to those in our church. And we thank you for all this, Father. Um, and all this we do pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. It's good to see everybody this morning. Um, we'll pray over our scripture in a minute, but I want to just start with a word of prayer as well. So um, I guess the title of my message this morning is, um, Are We Paying Attention? And I, um, I happen to, you know, it's always fun when you start putting a message together and you're praying about it and, you're, um, and things will come along that you want to add in your message. And I was driving through Terre Haute the other day and I saw this on the church side. That's one of the real privileges. Putting a message together every week is like watching the mile markers go by on the interstate. They come by very quick. When you get the opportunity and you're blessed to do it, once in a, on occasion, you have a lot of time to really meditate on the passage. You, Brother Rob is always very good about giving you plenty of time ahead of time. So, so you, you really, it's a, it's a real special time to be able to uh, really get immersed into the scripture and just, just the words that you're going to be trying to do your best you can to prepare to articulate what it is that you're wanting to say. And I saw this on a church sign and it said, to see life clearly, focus on God. And really, um, anybody that's in a hurry can go ahead and leave now, because that's the whole gist <laughs> of my message. So, um, you know, I'm sure as all of you through this time of this COVID and, and time of, you know, somewhat isolation, uh, being um, alone, it certainly gives you a, a lot of opportunity to do a lot of time of thinking and thinking about a lot of things that's going on. And I, and I think that that's um, the big why of why the message that I have today is, you know, really based around because, you know, that does just really sum it up because there's so many, I don't know if there's, it's always been this way, but it certainly, it certainly feels like as a Christian and, and in my spirit that, that there's a foundational shift in motion right now as, as, as we see the days around us and as we see the things that when you, when you hear a news about one thing, you think, oh my goodness. And then two days later, there's something even worse than that that's come about, something maybe completely unrelated, that it's, uh, it's coming by pretty fast. And I think with that, as Christians, um, we have to make sure that we continue to focus on God and that we are setting the pace for being able to be, to see life clearly. And my scripture today comes out in two different, really different parts of the Bible. Um, it comes, the first passage that we're going to be reading is in Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12 is where it's going to be read from. 
and then we'll be ending and really kind of the, the foundation of my message of what, you know, I want us to take away from it is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So, um, I appreciated the message leader, the song leading into it about, you know, that they will know us by what? I think that's the, the right segue into what will be in 1 Corinthians chapter um, 13. So, um, I want to ask you a question. Uh, leading into where we're going to start into our passage of scripture, because um, what I'm going to ask you, and then what we're going to, what I'm going to describe and talk a little bit about prior to God's word, is about an individual. And and when I when I study and I look at his life, and I've used his um, example on one other occasion. I don't know if it was in the message here, but I have used it in a different in a different sermon at some point in time. But has, does the name to any of you, Rick Rescorio, uh, does anybody know that name? Um, well, he, um, he, was a, he was a security officer for Morgan Stanley on the 9-11 attack of the World Trade Center. And, you know, every time I get back, I hadn't looked at his biography in a long time. And every time I get back involved in reading it, he's, I, he does have a book out. Somebody wrote a book about his life now, so maybe I'll get a chance to read that one day. But I always am able to draw a lot of comparisons between his life and his uh, commitment to the Christian walk and to what, if I could write out a scenario of how I would hope that I could live out my Christian life in this, in this world, I would want to build it a lot like the way he has lived his life. He only lived to be 62 years old, but he, he, he did a lot in those 62 years. He was actually born as a British citizen, and um, he can, for certain, be attributed to saving over 2,700 lives, which I would, I would give him credit for that. And that's not to say that his uh, decoration of duty in the military service prior to that. He was a tremendous leader in the military as well. And so, again, just as you hear, you know, a little bit about, as I describe him, I hope that, because my, my point is that you can draw comparisons to thinking about your Christian walk and, and, and our lives. It said that he was nicknamed in his Vietnam duty as Hardcore. Um, he was a leader in the Battle of Da Nang, um, which was a very, there was a movie, um, I think Men of Honor, that was, um, I don't know that's the name of it, but there's a movie about the Vietnam Battle of, of Da Nang, the Battle of Da Nang, really uh, quite, a, quite a movie. Um, he, um, he was in the World Trade Center when the attack happened in 1993 as well as a security guard. And he was worried and he had wrote a lot about it prior to that because he felt that there was a security void by them leaving the doors open and that a truck could come underneath and, and with explosives and try to blow the building up and sure enough it happened. Um, again, this man was no, uh, you know, he had seen a lot of danger in his life. And when I think about his time, it would have been just as easy when he retired from the military um, to have probably just found a quiet place to rest somewhere and live out his life with his family. But, but that wasn't his calling in life. 
even after this happened, you would have thought, well, maybe it would be, he would think, you know, they're not going to listen to me. I'm retiring. I'm getting out of this building because I'm very insecure about being here. But that wasn't his life either. He made it a point for the 2,700 Morgan Stanley employees plus, 2,700 plus employees, once a month that they would do a drill. And he would time the drill. And he would make every employee vacate the building. And people grumbled a lot about it. You can imagine, particularly the executives, they did not want to probably go through these exercises of, you know, monthly routine. But he was committed to this year, month after month, year after year. That was, number one, it was his job. He took it very seriously, and he never, he never weakened on his responsibilities. So when the morning, of, when the first plane hit the building, he immediately, his radar went up, and he knew that there was something bad going on. I thought it was really interesting. This is probably the most interesting part of the whole, of what I say about him, because I think of, again, of the comparison of, of how it is in the world today about just be calm, everything's gonna be okay, right? Um, don't worry, you know, be accepting. You know what I mean? Just this, that, on and on. But immediately, he, he went into action and that the direction from the security as the World Trade Center as a whole was to just stay calm and keep everybody from, you know, getting a little bit too excited and stay in their seats. He did not do that. He, he immediately told people to start vacating the building as they practiced and, and start getting out. And sure enough, they did. All 2,700 plus people that were in the building that day that were Morgan Stanley employees were not killed in the, in the World Trade Center bombing. And um, again, he didn't stop there. The last time anybody saw him, he was going back up because after he accomplished that, he started trying to get other people out of the building as well. And the last time that somebody saw him, he was going back up the stairs back into the building. And he died that day. So um, it's quite a story with his... Um, his resolve, his his um, commitment um, to never to never waver from his responsibilities. So here's the questions that I have for us today along that line. You know, which way are we headed right now? Are we headed out of the building? Are we are we secluded in our homes um, and preparing for the absolute worst and afraid to get out and do anything? Or are we are we facing this battle head on? Are we declaring what we know God's word to say. Are we declaring to the people around us that this that things are changing? That this world that we so love and we're we're particularly blessed in the United States to be able to have such afforded such luxury and opportunities to be able to live so comfortable for a lot of us. I realize it's not that way for everyone, but for a lot of us we are very blessed and very fortunate in that way. So which way are we heading? Are we carrying burdens for the people around us that do not know the Lord right now? Are we, are we staying in the battle or have we retired? Have we got our lives in order and have we sat down and have we retired? Are we, are we proud to be Christians? Um, Rick took a great deal of pride in his job. Um, they said that he started singing songs over the bullhorn 
when people started getting up out of their chairs to leave that morning, and that he, he encouraged them to remember that, that the American would look at them and be proud of them, of their bravery, and of, of what they accomplished that day by getting out of the building. He was encouraging them to, um, to move ahead. So are we proud to be Christians? Are we proud, are we proud in this time to stand and say, yes, I realize that there's a lot of chaos and confusion in, the in, in our country, but we know a better way. We know a way. We serve a Lord. We know a peace that surpasses all peace, and that peace comes through the only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Are we praying for strength and, and wisdom? Are we praying to understand the hard spots to get to? Are we, are we looking to the Lord for the wisdom that we're going to need for the days to come? Because there's more battles coming ahead. And I think it's important that we as Christians remember what I said in the very first statement is to see light clearly, focus on God. So we need to remember that. I just put some other things down here because I, you know, these are things of my, for myself that I think of, of how easy it is to get consumed in today's uh, troubles. And maybe, does anybody else have that problem? Or not even, that can get burdened down. You know, when I think about, you know, and when you think about how quick the whole world has shifted with this, with just a virus. This, this isn't something unique to the United States or to the state of Illinois. The whole world has been shifted. Um, I was fortunate enough to go on a trip in March to Spain, and I've kept in contact with one of the young ladies. She was a tremendous young lady about to get married. Um, that was one of the people that was in, involved in helping us get around over there. And she just sent me a note the other day, and she said, it's still very serious over here. And she said, the battle rages on. She said... Because now she said it's a big dispute over whether, she said there's a certain group of people that will not wear masks and some that will. And it's a huge battle within our country. And I'm like, wow, it's the same kind of problems we're having here. <laughs> so, you know, so it's, we're all so much alike in, in the world in so many ways, just as humans and individuals, aren't we? Um, so I just thought about, you know, other things. The election. How many people are having a little bit of anxiety watching the 24-hour news feed that we get about election updates. And it is, it is hard to not pay attention to it because we have concern over that, right? But again, it gets back to what are we focused on? I hope that we're focused on the Lord. I hope that's what I try to remember to keep doing day in and day out, is keeping my focus there. So as we, read, as we move into our first reading in the book of Revelations, chapter 12, verse 7 through 12, this is what the Word of God has to say. It says, Now war rose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. The ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. 
And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in a great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Father, again we come to you, Father, as we uh, as we read your words, Father, and, and, and declare your message, Father, that I, it will be my prayer that every ear would, would hear this morning and would come away with the message with a message of their own to march forward with. So, Father, we thank you for this day and for all that you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 You know, again, as you start putting together a message, I don't even know for sure how I, how I, I got to this particular passage of Scripture, but when I read it, I knew I, knew I certainly wanted to preach on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But when I started reading this, I just I couldn't get away from it because a couple of reasons. One is I studied, I started, I started learning and, and, and looking at the book of Revelation as a whole and that this particular chapter is, is unique to a lot of the book of Revelation because most of the book of Revelation is prophecy about what is to come. This looks back at what, as the, of what has already taken place. And when I, when I try to imagine in my mind, because we think that we understand what war looks like by the, you know, how we see it and by, by what we know about, by battles that have taken, you know, place in the past, we have no idea what a war like, what, what a struggle that this was. You know, when, when they fought back and forth for as, like they did, and that it, it describes a battle that was not easy. Um, Satan, and when I think about it, again, I, when I look outside and I think, wow, such a beautiful world we live in, you know what I mean? And then I forget, I can forget that the devil lurks outside these doors. He has no power over us as Christians. But he sure can make his, our lives awfully miserable in a lot of ways if, if we allow it to happen. Amen. So when I would just read that and study and, and, and of what it talked about, and, you know, I think just, you know, the big, the big thing, obviously the big takeaway, and that am I, do I remember this? No, I don't very often, it seems like, but that Christ, the victory that Christ won for us in this, of what, of, what actually, of what actually divided and took place there. Do I remember that? I 
It talks about that this is Satan's last stand. It also talks about, it said that this is the only place in Scripture that it, that it describes our adversary as it does. As a great dragon, ancient serpent, devil, Satan, all in one encapsulated in one passage of Scripture, that it's the only place in the Bible that it does that. It said, it said in some of, the, some of my preparing or my study, it said that one of the most dreadful phrases in Scripture, and I thought this was really, really just interesting, it said, not something that Satan boasts, but something which heaven acknowledges, the deceiver of the whole world. And I thought, wow. You, you would think that Satan would be proud to say that, right? But being as cunning and, and deceptive as he is, he doesn't want to boast about that. The quieter he can keep people, the more subdued he can keep people from saying, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying this anymore. I'm not going to continue to leave, live with this hurt and heartache that I have. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. Amen. He doesn't want that for nobody. But we as believers have come across that threshold. We know that there's a better way. No. But when I think about, again, when I think about all these things going on in the world and about how excited he would be to say, boy, I've got, I've got some really good distractions going on right now. People are not paying any attention to their spiritual well-being or just what they should do next. The chaos and confusion. So what are we doing as a church? What are we doing as individuals? Are we being like Rick? Have we got the bullhorn in our hand encouraging people to get exited from the building? Or are we listening to the other voice? That says, "Hey, you can only do what you can do. It's just, it's just, it's just you. Um, you know what I mean? What, what are we doing? It doesn't matter how old you are. If you know the Lord, age doesn't matter anymore. And if you've known Him a long time, well, even your message hasn't gotten old." You maybe look a little bit different when you look in the mirror than you did 20 years ago, but the message is still the same. Yeah. It's about Jesus. Yeah. It's about what He does. It's about what He can do. It's about the battle that was fought on our behalf that's described in the book of Revelations years ago. Hundreds, thousands. That's our message. So it is a terrific opportunity right now, particularly, maybe more so than ever, to get a chance to, to preach and declare God's word. Um, I also, you know, even sometimes when I read things about how nasty that Satan is, I forget some of the things. Because it was talking about how he accuses, how he... he it said that, the, that he hated to be in the presence of God worse than anything. But with that said, he loved being able to come before the presence of God and accuse. Because he wanted to, to continue to accuse people 
And then since I read something that it really was like, well, hold on now, wait a minute, that's not even fair because I was just thinking about how thankful I was that through the blood of Jesus that all those things that he was accusing me of could not be held against me anymore. They have all been blotted out. But then it said, I read something that said that then it, of all the things that he falsely accuses you about, and I was like, well, wait a minute. You mean he's making up stuff too? He's not just using the, the sheet that I've created for him to work from, but he's also create, create, making up some things? I forget just how cunning and how nasty Satan's works are. And it doesn't say, when you read in the book of Revelation, it doesn't say that, that, that he was sent to a pit it talks about that it says woe to the earth and seek. And I'm thinking, wow, hold on. He's right here, isn't he? He's at work, isn't he? He's at work lying to the people around us. Stay calm. This will pass. It'll be okay. Don't worry. You know what I mean? I read, in, I read in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, this is what the Word of God says. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. I thought, wow. I mean, who doesn't want to live to be, who doesn't want to get to live to be the to live to get to be old? I'd be not telling you the truth if I hoped that that wasn't the case for Bridget and myself. But I'll tell you something else. I know. I know that there's something a whole lot worse than living than to be old. And that's whenever we do take our last breath that we know that we haven't just been camped away somewhere not doing something. That we know that we need to be doing. That we know, and this really is kind of where it leads into, okay, well, what, what are you saying we need to be remembering? And what is it we need to be saying that we're still doing? And that's where we're headed to. Because you have to have a plan. And I think that you saw that again. Because I feel like now it's almost like one of, and I'm not somebody that preaches any kind of, uh, I don't have any idea when the end of time is coming and won't profess it and not trying to pro prophesize on anything. But scripture is clear that it is coming. So if we feel like one of those planes has hit the building, what are we doing? And for me in my life, I feel like one of them has hit the building. In the lens that, you know, I, and again, I try not to just drum up this fear, you know, thoughts. I, I wouldn't even call it a fear. But I try to stay clear-minded by what I relate it to by looking at what the God's Word says. Which, that needs to be the, that's our compass. That's, that's our sword. 
That's what Satan cannot defeat is, is the Lord. Amen. So, are we battling life with the spirit of the sword, the sword of the spirit in our hand? God's word. And again, it's so easy for me to think about. Or are we just sitting around listening to everybody talk about, oh, this election, this is going to be it. Well, it may be it. I don't have no idea. You know, it doesn't look good. But whatever the case is, God is in control. And we've got a tremendous responsibility as Christians to be leading in a strong way. And it's not our strength. We're just all these little feeble little sheep that happen to be on the right side of the big, of the muscle, right? We got the muscle. We know that Satan was thrown from heaven. He's no longer there. We're just passing through this world. We know where we're headed. But we better not just be sitting around thinking that it's a really great place to live and that it's just beautiful. It may be. But it says, the Bible says, Woe. Somewhere there. I can't even find it right now. But you... Um, It says, but woe to you, O heaven, O earth and sea. I wanted to read one more passage here in, the, in, the, in, the, in 2 Timothy. I knew when I was writing out these notes, I had about two sermons worth of message in one. So we're getting there. So now I know how Brother Rob feels when it gets running a little bit along, but you don't want to stop. And sometimes I think, boy, I wish this kind of be wrapping up. You're just going to have to stay with it, okay? <laughs> um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 13 through 16, this is what the Word of God says. While evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, Deceiving and being deceived. So not only are they being are they deceiving, they're being deceived themselves. Again, be mindful of those things. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. And again, just to close on that and to move towards 
of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Just one more note on verse 12. It says, but woe, earth and sea. This is what a note I wrote about it out of some readings that I was doing. It says, the warning given of the distress that should fall on the inhabitants of the world in general, being defeated in his schemes against the church, he is resolved to give all the disturbance he can to the world in general. So I just got a note that says, so what do we do? What do we do? I wrote, we hold fast to the rope that we know is attached to the anchor. We hold on to that because we know how the story ends. And that's why I just, you know, I felt so compelled. And, you know, it was so funny because Brother Rob last week, um, he, didn't, he, he, was, he didn't say a whole lot about it, but before the service started last week, we were just talking a little bit in general, and he asked me, he's like, well, are you starting to get things kind of put together? And I, I told him, I said, yeah, I said, it's kind of a bipolar a little bit. I said, but, I said we're going to start out in the book of Revelation. But I said, look, really the core of the message is Corinthians chapter 13. He said, wow, he said, God is amazing. He said, I'm reading that this morning too. I'm like, I'm like well, I'm glad I told you before time because you didn't, I didn't know. So, um, so it's, um, again, you know, we got to remember what we need to be doing, right? As these, uh, as all this, you know, chaos and confusion is going on in a big way all around us. You know, what, what is it that we need to be doing? So if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the final verse, it talks about faith, hope, and love. You're thinking, well, you've just been talking about how we're going to be these warriors and we're going to be out here fighting and we're going to be doing this. We're standing, hold on, you're saying that it's just about faith, hope, and love? Yep, that's what I'm saying. I'm reminded of Gideon, you know, when he got the assignment and was going to have to go up against these great warriors. You know, I could just see, but, you know, if you read it, he's playing up something big in his mind. It keeps getting whittled down more and more and more and more. And pretty soon, he said, they're not really doing much of anything except just trying to obey what the Lord has commanded them to do, right? So I think that's what we got to remember because... When I don't get a response out of somebody, it's easy for me to want to call an audible. You ever watch them call an audible in a football game? They call an audible because they feel like that play is maybe not the best play to call. We're not supposed to call any audibles. We're supposed to stick on course and task of what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And we're supposed to leave it up to the Lord because, because we know that we can trust Him. We know... That his truth is the ultimate truth. That there is no other truth than his truth. So we can trust it. I liked how it described... I liked how it described in some of the notes that, that what it had to say about faith. Well, first of all, so, so why is... It, it described love as the chief. 
And I thought, well, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, so I looked up, I did what Tony did. I got out my dictionary and I looked up what really the definition of chief is. And, um, you know, you know, kind of, but it's kind of, always kind of good to get those, uh, you always pick up a word or two that you wouldn't have thought of. Um, I, I liked what it said, how it described it. It said, the person with the highest rank in an organization, the rank, the status. So, so we know that love has the highest rank of the three. It says, it says when this is what it said in some of my notes about faith. It says when it's, it's a little bit confusing to hear read. I think when remembers that love is chief, it fixes on the divine revelation and assents to it. So what's assents mean? That it says that faith gives express approval and it gives complete agreement. Basically that it says, yes, love is going to be the chief. It said that hope fastens on to the future. Feliciously. I had to look that word up too because I didn't even know what that word meant. It said intense happiness. So hope fastens on to the future with intense happiness and it waits. So I'm thinking, okay. So... So we fastened on to it, and, and I, I did, it was, it, it called to mind in Proverbs 27, verse 17, when I think about faith, it's like, okay, so how do we keep our faith strong, basically? And it says in, in Proverbs 27, verse 17, it says, iron sharpens arm, and one man or woman um, sharpens another. So it talks a lot about, and you know, if you have been, in our Sunday school lessons, you know, it's really, it's really been a lot about the church. Probably no matter where we are, if we're in our Denver little homes, we're still part of the body of the church right now and the importance of that. Because whenever we get strained out there on our own, that's when trouble can lurk really quick. That's when, as, as it described in 1 Peter, about what the, the devil is roaming around, right? So let's, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is what the Word of God says. It says, If I speak in tongues of men and, and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if, if I have horrific powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. 
Love bears all things, believing all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. That's why it's the chief. As a prophecy, they, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the, the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So here's the big verse. It says, now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So I just wrote, you know, again, I just wrote them out. You know, it, it, it's not rude. It doesn't delight in evil. And there's just so many things going on that can get things stirred up in a negative way, I feel like, in your life. And, and, and again, pull away from our distraction of the things that we don't. So, I guess... You know, there's no better place than to start getting your getting it right with the Lord. And this is a safe place to do it. So if there's anything that's on your heart or your mind as we get ready to sing our hymn of invitation, um, come forward. Yeah, you can say, I'm going to sit right here and do it. That's okay. But I'll tell you, it's a whole lot better. And it's a whole lot more humbling when you got to come forward. <laughs> You, because it kind of makes you feel like, oh, wow, I'm up here and I'm not perfect and everybody now knows it. Yep, that's right. But the Lord already knows it. So go ahead and get started. And make today the day. And if you don't know the Lord, then it definitely is the day for you to come forward and to make that and make that stand right here. I know that Brother Rob, even though he's not here, there'd be nothing greater than he loved seeing on this little video at the end of it that somebody was coming forward to accept Jesus. Amen. So let it be today. I just want to read this in closing to you. The first, the first word in it talks, it's, it's a song, one of the songs that Rick would sing to the people as they were exiting the building. I put um, the church people of freedom in the second half of it, but I left the Cornwall in the first one. It says, he reminded them and sang, and I put men and women too, instead of men of Cornwall. Men and women of Cornwall, stop your dreaming. Can't you see their spears, spear points gleaming? See their warriors' pennants streaming. To this battle, men and women, church of freedom, stand ye steady. It cannot be said, ye for the battle were not ready.